You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the MLB Extras Twins Podcast. I'm Tim McMaster with... Do Hyun Park, the new Twins writer here at MLB.com. Welcome to the team, I guess, first of all. Thanks so much. It's great to be here, you know, getting thrown right into the flames <laughs> at the winter meetings. But the organization has been fantastic. Um, the Twins leadership and executives have been very welcoming, and it's just great to get a chance to be part of this organization um, around the city where I grew up. The Minneapolis is the city that built me, and so it's good to be getting home. And in what's become a winter meetings tradition of sorts, Jack Morris here as well for to the, to the, ask all the tough questions yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and answer them because you follow the you follow the old hometown sure. team as well. Um, I guess you said you grew up in Minnesota, so you guys have that in common, both of you, Jack and Doe. Yeah. Um, Doe, you've been in San Francisco, Stanford, right, and then you've been kind of covering the Giants the last couple of years. Just talk about the preparation to get to this point and and to be the Twins writer now. Yeah, definitely. So I spent my student career at Stanford University covering the football program and the baseball program, among the other uh, excellent programs that they have there. And as part of that, I got the opportunity to serve as the associate reporter, um, our internship program of sorts at MLB.com with Rhett Bollinger, the outgoing Twins beat writer, two seasons ago in 2016. And that was an amazing experience. And after that, I landed on the MLB.com news desk, where, as you mentioned, I was based in San Francisco and Oakland, um, hopping on to the Giants and the A's occasionally for a while. And I got the call a week and a half ago saying, that the Twins beat was going to open up and that um, I was the selection and I was honored and I'm just really excited to be able to get back home and work my tail off for uh, this community that has meant a lot to me over the years. From your experience, which, you know, it's been minimal, but at the big league level anyway, uh, research, interviews, or the writing itself, what part do you enjoy the most? You know, I'm, I'm a real perfectionist when, perfectionist when it comes to my writing. Um, obviously, so I'm actually an engineer by education, and so the research element is really fascinating to me, and especially with some of these new, the numbers, all, yes, but also the techniques and kind of the different strategies that come on. They're, they're obviously fascinating, but I also like to think that I'm a real writer at heart, and it's one of the things that I do where whenever I get a story published, I'll go through it and just read it over and over again five, ten times the next day, just thinking to myself, what could I have written better? How could I, how could I have phrased this better? Um, what, you know, what, what would this sound like at coming at it from a day after standpoint and that sort of thing? Jack, you dealt with plenty of beat writers in your day. You have one here that he's not new to beat writing. He's been, on, he's been covering baseball. Um, but what would your tidbit be to, uh, like a tip for the well, writer I, coming from the player? I, I think uh, today's generation of writers have a whole different outlook. I think, uh, I think the general writer when I was young is how can I get under this guy's skin to get him to say something stupid. I think they're above it's that changed. now. <laughs> so, so uh, let's hope that that does never become an issue for you. Uh, the one thing I would, I would just say is, you know, players are human beings. And, uh, you know, it's timing is such a critical thing about when you ask tough questions. You need to ask the tough questions because that gives you credibility. But it's how and when you do that, I think, that players will embrace you or distance themselves from you depending on the timing of it all. 
It's an interesting time for the Twins. We're going to transition. You don't have to talk about yourself anymore. We're going to talk about the Twins Ooh. here. And uh, it's an interesting time because obviously it's a team that has gotten a taste of success but then can't quite back it up from year to year, it seems. And there's now Joe Maurer's gone. And it it's almost like this offseason they need to find the path, right? Like which direction do we go from here? Right. And I think that's something that Derek Falvey and Thad Levine, the Twins' leadership, alluded to when we spoke to them leading into these winter meetings, where this is a roster where they could presumably go either way. And they mentioned it almost as being kind of a wait and see and a learning mode right now, where there's uncertainty in Cleveland, obviously, with the pitching staff and with the outfield there. But there's also a young core that they want to add to in Minnesota as well. And this, like you said, this is a team that has gone back and forth. And depending on the development of that young core, you could be seeing a slowing down Cleveland and there's that window of opportunity for Minnesota to strike. Or you could see, you know, if the Twins have another down year, um, like they experienced in 2017, that might dictate other directions as well. Buxton and Sano were supposed to be the guys, and it's just not getting there yet. I mean, they've both shown flashes, obviously. Buxton shows off all the tools at times, Jack. Do you think, I mean, the team's not giving up on them yet, obviously, but do you think they can still salvage all that tools and, and become the players we thought they would be? It's the ultimate question right? for Twins fans. Um, you know, potential is something that's not quantifiable. It, you don't know how many years it takes. And uh, some guys, I mean, I, I tease Kyle Gibson for five years. Potential, you're done with potential. Get out there and win some <laughs> games. And you know what's funny is he finally did. In the sixth year, he finally went out and pitched pretty good baseball last year. Uh, let's hope that carries over because they're going to need that more than any other aspect of the game. But Buxton and Sano have been the two young guns that everybody was watching to see if they were going to become the superstars that we kind of project them, and I'm included. I predicted that at some point they both had the tools to become unique in the game, and that hasn't come to fruition yet. So what are they working on this week specifically, do you think? So the one thing, the one rumor that has come to light today is that there is mutual interest, according to a source, between the Twins and Nelson Cruz, and that would be an interesting signing a designated hitter where the Twins and the Twins leadership did express that designated hitter is an area where they think they could add another major league capable bat to this to this lineup that's already added Jonathan Scope as a power source. But the other element of a possible Nelson Cruz is that this is a very young Minnesota Twins team. Mm -hmm. The veteran, quote unquote, on this team, the oldest, the elder statesman of sorts is Jason Castro, who's entering his age 32 season. And so with some of these younger Latin American core players like Miguel Sano and Jose Barrios, Nelson Cruz could you know, be a veteran influence that could help stabilize that locker room. Sano and Buxton were supposed to be the future, and maybe they still will be. But now there's another young group of, of prospects coming up through this system. And it seems like the next one we may see is, is Nick Gordon, D. Gordon's uh, half-brother. Um, is he a 2019 candidate? Could we see him this season? I think, that's, I think the Twins' plan is either late in 2019 or potentially in 2020. And I think that also kind of worked into the shorter term signing of Jonathan Scope. He's obviously a very, very high upside second baseman stemming from his 2017 campaign, his 2016 campaign, excuse me. And he, and with the one year contract that Jonathan Scope was given, you know, that gives the Twins the ability to say, okay, if this signing doesn't work out and if Jonathan Scope reverts back to what he was in 2018, then maybe that's a chance for Nick Gordon to sign. But if he needs more time to polish in the minor leagues, 
then you have a capable major league player, a veteran in Jonathan Scope, that can hold down the fort till he gets there. If everything goes right, Jack, can this team contend 2019? Uh, it'll be a long shot. Uh, the Twins, when I watch postseason baseball and I see where the Twins went and they lose Joe Maurer and you have questions with Sano and Buxton and the pitching staff, uh, you know, Irvin Santana gone, Phil Hughes gone, good for the numbers off the books and all that. But they've got to add that starter, somebody that can fit in with Barrios and, and uh, you know, Gibson to be the maybe one, two guys, and they can be three, four guys. Uh, pitching is always the name of the game, and I don't know if they have enough depth there. There's obviously a bunch of candidates going in for the rotation. The bullpen's a little bit in flux, but there's some good people out there too. Um, I just think the Twins are a ways away, and this is going to be Derek and Thad's years to start. Their stamp is on this team now. Everything that happens from this point on is the next generation, and we'll see how it all rolls out. Yeah, we'll see what they can build. We'll keep an eye on them throughout the rest of the winter meetings. Thanks to Doe and Jack. I'm Tim McMaster. Thanks for tuning in to the MLB Extras Twins Podcast.